This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I want to talk about is actually inherited pain. When we think about family journeys, uh, we always, you know, easily talk about how we might have inherited our hair, the color of our hair, the shape of our chin or our forehead from our ancestors, from our grandparents. But do we also inherit or can we also inherit something as abstract, as difficult to define as sorrow or melancholy? Do we also inherit their traumas? And I think in that regard, it might be helpful to look at nature. Nature is remarkable. Trees are, of course, fascinating. And there are amazing scientific studies that show trees that have experienced some kind of trauma, such as wildfires or droughts, respond differently to the next trauma. Not only that, but saplings that descend from trees that have experienced some kind of trauma also respond differently to the next traumas, um, differently than the trees around them. So my point is some kind of knowledge is being transmitted, is is being ferried from one generation to another. So today I want to talk about a word that is important for all of us, a word that we care about and sometimes we struggle with, and that word is family. Uh, I find it important that we look at its etymology, the journeys that the word goes through. And it takes us all the way back to Latin, familia, which means household or members of a household. Uh, But it's also related to, again, the word uh, famulus in Latin, which means slave or servant. And I find that layer very important. So basically what we see along the trajectory, the pedigree of the word is a transition, a gradual transition, a very slow change which takes place throughout 18th, even early 19th century, until early 19th centuries. Early on, the word means anyone who's living under the same roof, anyone who is part of the same household, uh, including the servants, the slaves in the house. And later on, it evolves to near kin. So those blood relations or genetic connection becomes more important. But I think at the very root of the word, and this is what I want to talk about in this video, there's a connection with a place, with house, home, you know, the sense of um, place is incredibly important in the definition of family or familia. Uh, As a writer, I've always been interested in family stories or family silences. Part of it is maybe because of my own upbringing. I was raised um, in a broken family, if I may put it this way. I grew up without seeing my father and my brothers. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. And I've always been interested in or puzzled by families, you know, especially happy families. As an author, I wanted to explore the the, the, the stories. But as I said, also family silences. 
In one of my earlier novels, 10 minutes 38 seconds in a strange world, I explored this subject. What does it mean to have a family? Is it always about blood relations? Is it always about the genes? You know, whatever that means. Uh, in that book, I talk about blood families, the families we grow up with or we grow up in. But then also we have our water families. And I think our water families are the families that we find, that we create. As we get older, you know, we find our friends. In a way, these are the people who are witnesses of all the journeys that we go through. And we're also their witnesses. I think the, the members of a water family, the numbers of friends who are included in a water family, cannot be dozens and dozens, maybe four, maybe five, maybe six. These are the closest people to us. And when we fall down, they pull us up. Or when they fall down, we pull them up. And my observation is, especially in societies where many people are marginalized, pushed to the periphery, not given an equal chance, in societies where diversity is not treasured, is not valued, in societies where there are entrenched structural systemic inequalities, many people who are pushed to those margins understand the importance of water families even more than people living in the center. Because uh, when you are disempowered, disadvantaged like that, it is those friendships, and especially those bonds of sisterhood, that keeps us going. So in that novel, I wanted to uh, explore those bonds. But coming back to this original meaning of the word family and how connected it is to a sense of place, the reason why I mention it is because what happens to a family when that family experiences displacement or a type of immigration, migration, when you are taken out of that context? I'm also interested in that. So in my recent novel, The Island of Missing Trees, I tell the story of an immigrant family. Uh, or any family that comes from a complex background, and I focus on intergenerational differences. Because I think in such families there are major striking differences as you move from one generation to the next. Usually, the first generation, the elderly, are the ones who have experienced the biggest traumas, obstacles, hardships. They carry all those painful memories within, but they don't necessarily know how to talk about those memories. And usually they don't. So those silences are shaping their you know, existence. When I look at the second generation, of course, I'm generalizing, but um, broadly speaking, the second generation is not that interested in talking about the past or investigating the past. They have other things to do. They need to find their feet. Uh, they need to be forward-looking. They have to build up a new life. So understandably, they have to be within this present moment and focused on the future. But that means it's usually the third or the fourth generations in these families, the youngest in these families, who are asking the strongest, the sharpest questions about identity, about memory, about their ancestors' journeys, and about family silences. So I have personally met so many young people on both sides of the Atlantic, young people with old memories, or young people interested in the memories of their elderly. The other thing that I want to talk about is actually inherited pain. When we think about family journeys, 
we always, you know, easily talk about how we might have inherited our hair, the color of our hair, the shape of our chin or our forehead from our ancestors, from our grandparents. But do we also inherit or can we also inherit something as abstract, as difficult to define as sorrow or melancholy? Do we also inherit their traumas? And I think in that regard, it might be helpful to look at nature. Nature is remarkable. Trees are, of course, fascinating. And there are amazing scientific studies that show trees that have experienced some kind of trauma, such as wildfires or droughts, respond differently to the next trauma. Not only that, but saplings that descend from trees that have experienced some kind of trauma also respond differently to the next traumas, um, differently than tr the trees around them. So my point is some kind of knowledge is being transmitted, is, is being ferried from one generation to another. It is a bit more difficult for us humans to talk about this, but in my books, in my stories, I like to explore intergenerational memories. I like to explore inherited pain. I, uh, like many authors, I'm, I'm fascinated by family stories, but also family silences. Say 